Welcome. Welcome to, to another, another episode, episode of, of Driving, Driving to, to the, the Rest. rest. Yeah, you're gonna kind of get the hang of it. I don't think this is the type of jingle we want, honey. (laughs) Well, I think if you uh, applied yourself, maybe a few hours of practice, (laughs) you might be able to get a tune out of this thing. I'm telling you, it has to be like, you know, engines. A couple of engines, honey. This is just not going to work for us. (laughs) There you go. Well, I think we just need more practice. Okay. It's a really nice device. It is a very nice device. It's called a Seeds. Yes. Made in China. Yes. From a design from Africa, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyways, anyways, what were we talking about today? Well, you know, there's a lot of things maneuvering around in the world. Oh my goodness, yes. Yes. So we should probably talk about the moon. Yes, let's talk about the moon. <laughs> <laughs> In we particular, were, we were reading uh, our bedtime story was, in the, believe it or not, eight martinis. I know, that magazine, I used to read that in, I don't know, it's like the 80s or something. I used to read that magazine, I loved it. I never heard of such a thing of a magazine, I didn't know it was a magazine, it just sort of plopped in my face. I was um, not sure how I got there, honestly. I think... I don't know. (laughs) It had to have been a comment in a thread of something else, you know, completely unrelated. Anyway, I got a link to a magazine called Eight Martinis, and I'm thinking, well, that's kind of weird. It's a very strange name for it. It's a remote viewing magazine. Yes. And apparently Eight Martinis is a term they used when they first started messing around with remote viewing to describe a remote viewing scene that was so... Um, blow your mind good that it cracked your reality and the only way to return to reality was for them to go to the bar and drink eight martinis <laughs> which I think is their way of saying slam a Twinkie yeah I think so it's a I, Twinkie. I used to say man because I would go to an event or something okay. and you'd blow my head open yeah. and I'd have to go slam some Twinkies to get my yeah. reality back yeah yeah. so that might be must be what they were talking about right yeah. I think so yeah but of course it was at times right I don't know when they set it up, but... Long. Yeah. Long time ago. It was before people understood and realized and learned that alcohol, while you're doing psychic work or mystical work, alcohol is not a good idea. It was before people knew that. Maybe that's why they ate martinis work to crack the reality back. Mm. And they forgot everything they learned. Well, it also opens the door for possession, mm-hmm. which for people who are sensitive and able and capable and psychic... Uh, it's not a good idea for them to do that. But anyways, yeah, the name is funny. I always, I didn't, I knew there was a story behind it, but what I've found interesting about those magazines all those years ago and when you brought them back recently is just their journey was so amazing when they were developing remote viewing and it is remote viewing. Right. And that was because one of they the have articles. a methodology. You know, they have a methodology they follow and everything. And they invented the word. They invented the words. Yeah, they invented the words. So the word had a meaning, and this is the meaning. The meaning was a process, and the process included something like five steps. X, Y, and Z, yeah. One of the main steps was verification, Mm -hmm. which meant that uh, you did a remote viewing of a thing that was a defined thing, and then you went to that thing and you checked it to see if it actually was what you were seeing. Yes. So you had a system of um, looking and then a system of verifying. Yes. And without the verification steps, then it wasn't remote, remote viewing. viewing. It, it was, was something else. Something else. And remote viewing itself was not actually a word used to designate a certain skill. It, it was is a, a word process. to designate the process. Exactly. And the skill they were using was... All sorts. <laughs> in their words, they said, well, you know, it's an indif- in, it's a a un, undefined skill that everyone has to some degree. Some yes. like uh, some can go sit down at a piano and just play music from four years old, and some need to practice until they're fourteen in order to just play music. And some, don't matter how much they practice, they're just not they're very good well. at it. They just <laughs> don't have that think. Yeah. 
but it's like an ESP at the time. I think that was 70s, 80s, 90s in their neighborhood. They just call it an extra sense, extra sensory perception. Right. And remote viewing was the process of using your innate ESP ability yeah. through this process that included verification at the other end. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was the technical. Yeah. One of the things I liked about reading their own personal accounts mm-hmm. was how they managed to, and especially that article that you read last night, and they talked about this guy who said, okay, so you need guidance, right? You should, if you put somebody random and close them up in a room and say, okay, go, they don't even know. Get anything. They're not, they don't even know what go means, right? So right. you have to tell them what it is. You have to tell them how to do it and guide them. And he said, you know, one of the guys that was talking had a huge success with people who'd that never, was never Targ. done. Hmm? Russell Targ. Okay. He had huge success with people who'd never, ever even heard of the thing. And, um, other people didn't have so much success, right? Right. But and so they they were asking him how did how, how do you get so much success? He says, well, most people think you know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing here yeah. uh, that it's not going to work, right? So I just tell them that's okay. Just make something up. Yeah. If if you knew where John was and it was somewhere oh, interesting, skip the sub steps. Okay. So Russell Targ was running SRI, yes, which is a Stanford Research Institute uh, remote viewing experiment program mm-hmm. yeah. with the military and others funding it. Yes, so he would have to convince these funders, the people that were paying, that it was that it's real and it wasn't some made up bullcrap. Yeah, and in order to do that, he figured out how to guide them so that they would do their own remote viewing. Right, <laughs> and they couldn't deny it because they did it themselves, mm-hmm. and then they could also see that if they had some. Focus and practice and aiming that that skill could be used for espionage or whatever. Yeah, you know? exactly. <clears throat> so Russell would have three shiny metal objects of different shapes that he had in his on his person all the time, mm-hmm. one or the other or the other, and he would guide the person to um, surprising him with what is in their mind. Not look at what's in my bag. Right. But I have an object and it's hidden and it's a shape and whatever. Surprise me with what comes to your mind. And then they would tell them what comes to their mind and it would be it. 90% of the time they'd be correct. Yeah. And the other thing was uh, if uh, John was somewhere else, because obviously he's not here, it must be somewhere interesting. John John would be their partners. Yeah. They would have 30 places already selected around the city. And they would go sit at it for half an hour. Right. So if if John was uh, somewhere interesting because he's yeah. not here, so he must be somewhere interesting. Yeah. Just imagine where he would be. Like, what would you think? You know, he would be at. Just say anything that comes to your mind. Just tell me what comes to yeah. mind. What yeah. what pops into your head? Yeah. And so you ducks. Know, ducks. <laughs> Doesn't well, matter. Ducks. <laughs> well, that was the one guy. He was. Uh, he said, "I close my eyes and all I see is black." Black. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't see anything. I don't see anything at all. And then he said, "Well, you know." Just make something up. Yeah. Make something up completely random and tell me what it is. Yeah. And he said, yeah, ducks. ducks. So now draw it. <laughs> so he drew the ducks next to a pond. And the guys were at the duck pond in Palo Alto. Yeah. <laughs> so he even yeah. got it, the one that closed his eyes and all he seen was complete black. black. Yeah. I remember one of our, uh, one of our tenants here, his, got that same problem. When he yeah. closes his eyes, he doesn't see anything. It's just right. black. Yeah. Yeah, so now we have a new tool for how yeah, to uh, just maybe make it guide up. him. Just yeah. make something up. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So well, that, that had to do specifically <clears throat> with his remote viewing. And uh, Russell Targ said it was because the part of your mind that's doing this sensing isn't your analytic mind. And your analytic mind is the mind that you usually um, are accessing when you're trying to develop a new skill of some kind, I guess. Like, go over here and look at this and tell me what you see. Mm-hmm. That's analytical. Yeah. And the other one is, surprise me with what comes to your mind just randomly. Yeah. That's the other part of your mind. Yeah. Stephen Jay Gould wrote a book called Blah, 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 Something by Cameral Mind. <laughs> <laughs> and it was his uh, speculation on the biology of our brains um, connecting the two sides. Because mm-hmm. bicameral mind is the left side and the right side, and there's a connection between the two. Mm-hmm. And his speculation, I don't know if it's current or not, but his speculation at the time was that the left brain and the right brain were talking to each other, but they weren't connected. 
And so the dreams that the left side of the brain would have would be experienced by the right side of the brain as, a, as a, like um, the gods were speaking or hallucinations mm -hmm. or something. There would be like mm -hmm. a living or a waking dream. And at some point, some kind of uh, drugs, uh, mushrooms or like the ammonitas or the peyotes or any of that, all of those um, brain stretching, what would you call them, plants, created uh, the connection so that they became uh, like we have our head now, you know, where it's not like two separate brains, it's one brain, but you can access either side. Mm -hmm. Something, something that came to mind. <clears throat> That's quite interesting. Right, and so with Russell Targi was saying, you access that that um, artistic side of your brain to remote sense or ESP or remember they had like five different words they were trying on, not mm -hmm. Russell, but uh, I think it was Ingo mm -hmm. trying on for how to, uh, what to call remote viewing, consciousness explore. I can't remember, <laughs> but they were such funny words. They were. Anyway, what were you going to say? I was going to say that, uh, well, a couple of things. I really liked his um, analytical breaks and fear breaks and confusion breaks. I'm going to take a confusion break right now. I need now. a confusion break. Okay, break. Break. Yeah, while well, he's doing his sensing. Yeah. While he'd be doing his remote viewing, they had a, a viewer and a guide. Mm -hmm. Well, they had a specific word for each one. Anyway, the guide would help record stuff or lead things or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, the viewer, he's going along and... Um, it was like every five minutes, break, I need a break, I'm getting confused, confusion break. <laughs> and then they go across the street, get some coffee and come back, and they reset. Yeah, that <laughs> was, was like, so much fun. Tired yeah. break. Tired break, yeah. sleepy break. I have yeah. an itchy, itchy nose break. <laughs> and all kinds of breaks. I kept coming up with different names for the breaks. Yeah. And then, was... hey, how come my coffee's not full break? <laughs> that, yeah, so I found that <clears throat> to be interesting because mm -hmm. it's very tuned in mm -hmm. and very... Um, the person's very in touch with falling into analytical or a co cultural construct break or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then reset, reset, start again, reset, start again. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And I saw, I thought what they saw in the moon was interesting too. When I tapped into it, I, I got some data too. Um, but also one of the things that started coming up for me when they were saying um, just to make it up right imagine it often when I would teach people and in a lot of the classes that I have on in elevens.com when we do these type of exercises of exp uh, expanding our awareness um, people would say oh you know I tried to do that exercise but you know I can't visualize anything mm -hmm. and anyways what if I'm making it all up yeah, right. I, remember, I hear that all the time. All the time. What if I'm making it all up? Mm. Um, yeah, I kind of look and see, go backwards, and I see a previous lifetime. But what if I, it's all made up? Or what if it's my fancy imagination or my ego making up that I'm such and such an important person or whatever, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then what I would answer then is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because what came into your mind is data. It's information. And if you interpreted it to be, oh, I'm, I was this really important person that I know about, let's say you were Karl Marx or, you know, Hitler or, I'm choosing all these <laughs> for purpose, right? Because yeah. most people don't want to be those. Yeah, they don't want to, oh, my past life I was Hitler. No, they usually say. Not very often. No. No, it's the other one, yeah, whoever like was fighting with Alexander Hitler. Alexander the Great and Churchill and whatever, yeah. you know. Anyways. But going back away from politics this moment, <laughs> okay. um, they would say, uh, oh, yeah, I was Einstein or whatever it was, right? Um, or Tesla. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very popular one. Um, and then what if I'm making it all up? You know, how do I know if this is true? A couple of things. Did it have a, a strong emotional response in yourself? Yes, no. If it's a no, then probably it's a representation of that energy that that person represents for us culturally. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's the energy you're carrying through, right, with you. We're bringing forward and you have to look at. So it's still important. Um, was that person the real whatever's or not? Well, there's other tests you can do, but it's, this is not really, like, 
uh, we don't have time to go through that. Um, but to me, for example, um, there was a energy field. Uh, I was talking to this person and there was an energy field about them and all of their issues in life, everything from work, relationships with their spouse, relationship with their parents and their siblings at work, uh, their own inner relationship with their own body and their mind and everything was, they, they had this core energy that went throughout everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then a couple of things that I knew that certain people who had had a certain experience in the past and there was like hints about that experience um had had uh, had those energies right so um i mentioned that incident in the past to see okay i'm going to tell you a story tell me if you have any type of insight or emotional response and i told the story or part of it and in that case the person said yes yes oh you know they got really emotional I said, I relate to this person, right? Mm-hmm. This person is what I relate with. I, I have this energy and it was exact, the exact energy they were carrying today, right? Another person had zero emotional response. No, nothing. It's like, it's an interesting story, but no, nah, nothing, right? So you knew that person didn't carry those frequencies or that those patterns. Now, was this person really the one that they had identified with in this story? Maybe, not necessarily so, but maybe. What's important is that they were carrying those energies forward many times in lifetime after lifetime, especially this one, right? So, so whether, of, okay. whether it's an imagination, whether it's you relate to <clears throat> Cleopatra or Alexander the Great or Hitler or whatever, right? Or Jesus Christ or Magdalene or... Any of these cultural, like, very well-known characters, and you think you're them, you may or may not have been. But what's important is what you're you're bringing in is not just your imagination. You mean you interpret it, right? But what's important is the data, the information. You're carrying in these energies. That's what's important. Whether you were that person or not, not important. Do you see? Well, I kind of do, but you kind of confused me because you kept changing from one person to another person. I don't know who you're talking to about. Mm. So, <clears throat> so we're clear. You are, we're, we're talking about now a past life regression, not a yeah. remote viewing. Which is a type of remote viewing, not remote viewing in the sense of that description, but it's a type of extra uh, senses of looking beyond where you are right now. Okay. Right? So we, we're looking at a past life experience. Yes. And there's two people. One of them has no emotional response to the person see? they see themselves as. And the other one does have a big emotional reaction to the person they see themselves was. Mm-hmm. And the likelihood is that the one that has a strong emotional connection is could possibly be an actual remembrance. Yes. The one who doesn't probably isn't an actual remembrance. But the energy that's represented by that is the energy that they're here to embody to some degree but in order for them to describe to you or anybody else that energy and what that is they need a word that relates to all that energy Mm -hmm. that you would be able to understand because you can't just say i'm uh whatever archangel michael might represent or mario magdalene represents all of these lists of things right Mm -hmm. culturally Mm -hmm. by story Instead of saying all those things, you just say Mary Magdalene. Right. And then you know what it is. Right. It's just a way of communicating. Exactly, yeah. But the emotional body is a tell. The emotional body has a tell about truth. Is that how it works or what? Yeah, so much. Um, <clears throat> more like connection. The emotional body has a sense of connection. So if you tell a story that happened, let's say, 2,000 years ago to a person, mm-hmm. And they don't relate to any of the characters and they don't have an emotional connection to it. It's very likely that you've, you're not in the right path, that that person wasn't even there. They don't carry any of those energies and it's all, no, that's not the right uh, connection for mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. right? If you're guiding them. 
Now, if you tell the story to another person and they kind of burst out crying or they have a really strong emotional, physical body reaction, emotional reaction, mental reaction, and they said, yeah, I was that person, one of the characters in the story, and I, I was that person, um, it's very likely that they carry the energy that's represented by that person in that story to this day. Mm-hmm. Whether what they were that person or not, we can't really prove well, one how way can or we, another. How can we one way or another? I've seen plenty of examples where people have proven it. Then, well, not in that session you can't prove it. But yeah, the person can do some more research, can go to the places and see if any of the data is actual and not something they would have picked up in this lifetime. Right. right. Verification of yeah. what they saw. Exactly. Yeah. Either verify. in a physical place or written somewhere or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, you can go back and verify. There's isn't there? There's an entire department of the University of Virginia, I think, isn't it? Collecting past life remembrances and then collecting um, proofs of it. Yeah, yeah. Thousands and thousands and mm-hmm. thousands of cases. And that is also very related to how they use remote viewing in the sense of that process. Where they want verifications of yeah. the things in order to set together this process of... I. It's worked, it worked, it worked, it got verified, it worked, it got verified. This one is impossible to verify, but there's a pretty good chance it's real because the other ones are real and we use the same system. Maybe that's part of their idea? Maybe. Because, I mean, they were looking at aliens on the moon, for example. And, yeah, uh, let's go back to the moon. <laughs> how are you going to verify the aliens are on the moon that you're talking to in their astral body, for example? Yeah. It's like, that's going to be a yeah. bit of a challenge to come yeah. up with some verifications. Right. right. But long story short, uh, Ingo Swan wrote a book called Penetration. Mm-hmm. I read it. You told me that's a really good book. I should read it. I read it and I was reading through it. And well, he, he as a remote viewer has a great deal of uh, credibility yes because uh he's been there and been doing it and recording he said million times or more i can't believe a million times but a lot of a times lot of times yeah 40 years of doing this process a lot of practice almost practically well basically every day for his almost entire life mm-hmm. multiples multiple remote viewings each day kind of a thing anyway yeah he did a lot of times and his uh accuracy was quite well because in their words, what the thing was, is it wasn't so much that people had a hard time seeing things. It was that people had a hard time not polluting what they're seeing with their Other analytical stuff. mind. Yeah. So they would jump from a seeing into an interpretation of, yes, or a story that attaches to that seeing that isn't a seeing anymore. It's an, an analytical brain story right. attached to a seeing. Yeah. So the key for them was to keep it clean and unpolluted un, un, uh, with analytic overlays. Yeah. 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 So when he went and did his remote viewings to the moons, many, many, several, several scenes, mm-hmm. he was taking all these analytic, analytic overview, analy- whatever, these breaks. Analytical breaks. <laughs> Analytical breaks, right. Analytical overlay breaks. So he'd stop his seeing when he would feel that he was moving into an analytical overlay. Yeah. And then start over and then start over and start over. It's very, very tedious to read mm-hmm. this yes. account. Because right when you start getting into the interesting stuff, oh, break. I need a break. Confusion yeah. break. Analytic break. <laughs> I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Like, come on, man. Keep going. You were almost there. Yeah. Yeah. But taken as a whole, the... Each trip was de- a little different, but related to the trip before. So it felt like it was a continuous time stream of events. It wasn't mm-hmm. like um, the first time they went, they saw this. And the second time they went, they didn't see anything that they saw the first time or meet anyone that they met the first time. They could go meet those people. Mm-hmm. Remember, he got kicked off the moon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most people are. And remember, uh, he went with uh, one of his high highfalutin deep state, probably, Maybe not. I don't know. Um, employers flew him all the way up to what he thinks maybe is Alaska. Or it could have been Canada, but up there. And then they saw a UFO come down and suck the water out of the lake. Yeah. It's freaked, the heck, freaked the heck out of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was quite scared of everything. That was yeah. one of the things that I thought was uh, worth asking you about, which was, is there really anything to be afraid of if you're remote viewing? Is there anything going to get you? No. 
No, there isn't. And if you, unless you believe it will, then it will. Or you drink eight martinis. <laughs> yes, then it will. Yeah, so <clears throat> there's things that you need to do in order to make sure that you're not hijacked in any way. And one of them is process your fear because if you're going somewhere with the fear energy, you're already vulnerable. You're already telling everybody around you, you can get me, right? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you wouldn't be afraid. So you process your fear first. And then your your world just explodes with um, information, right? You can access so many places. Now, there are some places that are locked up at a astral level, at a psychic level. There are ways to do that. And I've talked about this before, right? If the person owns the place, they can lock it up and nobody can come in or out, period. Or they have any type of claim or they're very powerful at a mystical level and they have, they're using ley lines or whatever's of the location. They can lock up a place and you can't get in, right? And the moon is one of those places. It's locked up. It's very hard to get in. And, um, but there are places in the moon that you can sneak in. <laughs> So I can talk about how that is locked up. You know, we talked about what he seems where he saw aliens in the moon and well, he had names for them and a history for them and they were all female or something, you know, which is... No, 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 that was, no you got that a bit confused. Oh, and, I did. Yeah, what, what happened was the first time they went to the moon, they met somebody and that somebody had a metal plate in their head of some kind and he got ejected from the moon. And the next time he wanted to go back, he wanted to meet that guy again and talk to him and see why or how or whatever. Mm -hmm. he but he was data. talking about some female... Doma, I know. Yeah. The Doma is a different thing entirely. Okay. That's a whole... I had a story he had. A whole different construct of beings and um, okay. everything from another, an entirely different person. Oh, I thought you were still talking no. about him. That whole story I told you about the Doma was a different Oh, guy's, I thought it was him. A different guy's channeled okay. information. And that he was taking the Doma stuff because he was talking to that guy that got all the Doma stuff. And oh, he was talking about the Doma stuff then? No. In Ingo? Ingo was talking to the guy who had the Doma stuff. Oh. And the okay. Doma guy said he had permission to go back to the moon and a oh, guide. Okay. Okay. And so he used that as, a, as a, I guess, permission in his yes. end mind yeah. to go back to the moon and look again because he had permission from the Doma. Oh. And they were going to have a guide there for him. Okay. And the Doma are the daughters of Ma. <laughs> right yeah and there are six thirty thousand thirty thirty thousand year migration from their place that's blowing up and their anunnakis and all big oh, huge story so about it yeah. there's a giant narrative yeah. and they were bringing in information multiple times throughout the maturation of humans mm -hmm. to expand them expand their awareness consciousness, consciousness and awareness from the animal to the next to the mm -hmm. next to the next so the Doma would uh, bring in uh, what they called, uh, I don't remember what the word was, they called it, but Jesuses. There was the Jesus from Nazarene, there was another Jesus, there was another Jesus, like four Jesuses, and a Buddha, and, and a Mahama, and a prophets, and things like that. So they mm -hmm. would bring those in to help, hey, think about it this way, guys, mm -hmm. and try and get them to open their open their minds a little bit that was the doma thing okay. and that's on a Wingmakers website you can look up doma on the Wingmakers, and there's i don't know if it's current but it was a way back machine maybe i'll find the link and i'll share <laughs> it it was in, it's it's in the eight martinis magazine the latest episode which was something like february and if you read through it after a while you'll find there'll be a hyperlink in there that takes you to the bibliopacades dot com something with doma and then mm. you can read all about the doma stuff if you're interested he ingo didn't um, meet, the, meet domas. the domas or talk to the domas oh. but he was told that he had the domas permission to go to the moon oh. and there would be a guide there for him yeah. and so he in the first back went to go find where the heck's this guide Library. and i want to meet him mm. and they didn't know where on the moon to go to meet <laughs> their guide so they just picked what seemed like the most likely um, the most active spot in psychic research, yeah. some crater, and they went to that crater. And when they got there, there was no guide. Mm. <laughs> and there there was uh, a person, a human, mm -hmm. but it wasn't an earth human. Mm -hmm. And there was like 100 or 50 or something um, 
sleeping clone-like humans mm -hmm. that were resting because it was a certain time of the year or something that they mm -hmm. rest. Oh, it's because that time of the year, that time of the month, the moon was very, very hot. And so the, everybody there would be asleep, resting. And then when the moon got cool, it'd turn or whatever, then they would come out and do their job. And they were thinkers and they were do all kinds of weird stuff, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay. holy cow. Yeah. So he met the caretaker for all the sleeping guys. Yeah. And okay. she told him, I don't know who you are. What do you want? And he said, oh, confusion break. And then he asked and said, <laughs> what do we want anyway? <laughs> like, Have you guys thought about this? We're going to the moon, but you don't know what you want? <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, at the end of their first funny. trip there, they um, have met a non-Earth, non-Earth human. human, and a whole bunch of other non-Earth guys that were asleep that looked exactly the same, all of them the same. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, what we want to do is talk to one of those guys that's asleep. Yeah. Can you wake him up? She's like, <laughs> I can't wake him up. It's not time to wake him up. Is there anyone better awake? And I was saying, can I meet my guide? He's like, who's your guide? I don't know who you're talking about, guide. <laughs> I'm here for the Doma. And she's like, okay, just wait. <laughs> Remember he's yeah. telling him to wait? And he's like, wait? Oh, man. So he spent a whole bunch of their remote viewing time sitting Waiting. there waiting for the person on the other end at the moon to come back and tell him something. <laughs> like, man, we got to wait over and over again. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was quite funny. And eventually, right, at the end of their first seeing, they got out of it and they decided that they probably better come up with a better structure for what they actually want yes which was quite funny if you think about yeah. it like we're gonna go to the moon what do we want there oh. we're not thinking about that till we get there because <laughs> <laughs> it was multiple times people asked yeah. them well what do you want what do you want what are you here for <laughs> and they wouldn't have an answer mm. yeah what do you think about that so who do you think first of all the non-earth human lady was or the sleeping workers well it's a long time ago i haven't really when i i have guided uh individuals to go and look at the moon mm -hmm. and because most people who wanted to learn how to view things uh, through time and space they you know it's easier for the, for them to do it if you guide them right mm -hmm. so just as an experiment or just as a, to see what would happen or to see what would they would see. Um, I did this for quite, quite a while. I would say, okay, we're going to go to the moon and this and this and the other. So like, it's like a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. And, um, when the person got there, there was, I've started noticing patterns, right? And because I would go with them, I would see what they were seeing and I could see that there's a mystical tool that is called the the Hall of Mirrors, mm. right? And this mystical tool is usually used to protect a location, to make it difficult to get through to that location, and all sorts of ways that you can use this or to hide, basically, right? And um, the Hall of Mirrors is a this mystical tool. It's 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 an interesting one because basically. The person goes in and they start seeing things that they might be projecting or very interested in. And they get stuck in one of the rooms, right? Right. It's, the, it's something rooms. to become engaged in that yes. isn't where you are. Exactly. That won't let you get to your destination because, because it's, so it's so interesting. So you're engaged. I was like, oh, look at all these sleeping things and look at this girl. Yeah. So she seems to know what's going on. We should talk to her. Oh, wait. And then you wait there for you Wait for a while end, now. Right? Yeah. So. What I noticed was a lot of women who do the this exercise to go out with to see the moon, they see a layer of goddess, because traditionally in the West, especially in New Age circles, which are the individuals who are interested in this type of thing, um, they they are told that the moon is female and it's the goddess energy, and so there's a layer that a lot of people get stuck on. Mostly women, but I've seen some men get stuck there too. The the divine feminine energy. Oh, and they're bathed with it and they love it. Mm. And they're energized and it's so beautiful and they're embraced by it. And I'm looking at thinking, okay, this is just a layer, right? Just, okay, you're done with the layer. Now go through further, right? Get closer mm -hmm. to the moon and they go, whoa, 
It's gone. <laughs> right. It's like red pill, blue pill. I was like, wait a minute. I like that blue pill. Leave yeah. you there. Yeah. Some people do. So, no, no, I don't want to. Because I always tell them, if you don't want to follow the instructions, don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Some people just stay there and it's beautiful and they have a massive, massive connection with the divine feminine and they go back over and over and it's and they're beautiful. satisfied with that. Satisfied. Totally yeah. satisfied. Right. Um, and other people see other things, you know, and eventually, what I found is that when you actually get to the moon, there's a lot of things that are very interesting about it. And, you know, when you, if you do it, you know, you have to question yourself and you can use a truth in exercise. Like you find it at teenelevens.com, truth and lies mm-hmm. uh, and truthing. Um, and really test where you arrive. Is this accurate? Is this a true reflection of what is physically here? Is this a true reflection of what is astrally here? Is this a created illusion? You can ask several questions like that to verify whether you're, what you're seeing is, is more like factual, what's there, or whether it's made up. Well, should you be doing this at the time or later when you're checking it? Because it kind of like feels like it might conflict with the whole um, making up making it up part you know no, because truthing, like just no you can actually use do your it imagination as you and just tell me what you see no. and use your you make yeah. make up what you see and then how can you analyze that after because it's not an analyzation like, it's not analyzing you're not analyzing your <clears> truth <throat> in it remember what truth in exercise is yeah but remember you feel it right but remember the you feel it remember the use your imagination and make something up part mm-hmm. that is, does that match up with the truthing part? Yeah, it does. If it feels right and you yeah. made it up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Works for me. Yeah. They make, it, it make it up. It's a, the original, the very first, so you break through. Right. You don't do makeup afterwards. You look. Well, it's right? important. Important okay. to know. Yeah. It's to break through when you you don't believe well, anything you see. And it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter because it's the energies or the frequencies or the feelings that you get that are important. Some of those feelings are important because it means that you're being hijacked and you're full of fear. Mm-hmm. And that's important because then you have to stop and process your fear. Right. You have Got to it. have a fear break. Right? So, I'll just, just to be clear, the make it up part is to get started. Yes. Once you've gotten started, then you don't make up stuff anymore, but you access the that line part. that you yeah. were hooked into. Yeah. The line of where you're, where you, where you're, Sensing comes from. Yeah. And truth in is not about <coughs> analyzing it. Ooh, what, how much data do I have? And this and this and that. You feel it. Mm-hmm. Remember the truth in exercise, how you practice it? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I don't. Tell me. You don't remember? Just tell me. Okay. So you say, if you say a sentence, like, am I sitting right, right down right now? And am I sitting remember? down right now? Yeah. And then you feel that, mm, might be true, might be not true. I don't know. Wait. Is my physical body sitting down right now? Is it different? My physical body sitting down right now. Yes, it definitely is. Right. So that's a truth in exercise. The mm-hmm. first one was wobbly because your soul is not sitting down, but mm. your physical body is. Okay. And if you say things like, my name is... Like, my name is... Larry. I was going to say Brett. Okay. Your name is Brett. My name is Brett. How does that feel? Oh, well, it's not true. Right. Now say, you, my name is Larry. My name is Larry. Closer. <laughs> okay, so my given name that the my name parents that I'm using this life, lifetime, given by my parents, is Lawrence. Sure. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. that's it. And it's feeling. It's not analyzing. Do you see? It's a feeling. You follow the feeling, the energy line. Right. I see, but it's important to explain and describe it. Well, I have a course, and it goes way deeper into I, how to I'm, do it. I um, understand. I understand. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. Well, you know, I lose patience because people want me to tell the same thing 10,000 times. And so I say, okay, here's a course. You can listen to it 10,000 times. Don't ask me to uh, you know, repeat it 10,000 times. This is the skill. This is how to develop it. Use it. And it's not about analytical things at all. It's the opposite of that. So... When you're doing that, say right now, if you're looking at the moon and you're going, getting closer to the moon and you see something, right? You see something. You can very quickly, as you see it, feel, is this accurate or inaccurate? My interpretation of this scene, is it accurate or inaccurate? 
and then you'll get an answer. You'll get a, oh, yeah, 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 we're on the right path. Or you'll get, eh, no, there's something weird about it. It doesn't quite feel right. So you break through it. Uh-huh. And you will break through it could be you just fly through it, fly through what you're seeing and see what's behind it. And then you see what's behind it and do the same thing. And I can tell you the moon has lots and lots of layers. Mm. And a lot of people get stuck in different ones. One of the layers Ingo was in was uh, they were told to go to the library, remember? Yeah. Just when they get to the moon, say, I want to go to the library, I go to the library. It had three words that came with the library, but they settled on one of the words. Take it to the library database or the library um, whatever. And they ended up with a crater-sized spaceship half buried in the moon and they couldn't figure out how to get in so they just asked it a question and then it gave them the answer so whatever they were asking but <laughs> then they didn't have any more questions <laughs> it's like they were just so excited to have been there got there found a spaceship stuck on the moon that answers questions yeah was that a layer you think i don't know i think that it could have been I I don't know, I don't see it. So it could have been a layer that you get stuck. And one of the interesting aspects of it too is that you assume that if there's something on the moon, it knows better than you. It has more answers than you have. So it's, it also very much depends on what the questions were. Why are you on the moon, for example? Yeah. Why are there people here? What are they doing here? Those are the kind of questions they were asking. Okay. And what answers did they get? Those were the questions they wanted to ask, but they were too excited that the thing was answering questions, so they had to take a break. <laughs> so we don't know what they they, they didn't make it back. Oh no! <laughs> or if they did, it isn't recorded, yeah. or it is recorded, but it isn't uh, published yet. Yeah. So remember, he's dead, yeah. and his papers are available at the University of Georgia to researchers somehow. Yeah. And this uh, magazine was using archived data from that um, file or that. From his papers yeah. at the University of Georgia, and he was pulling out um, scenes that hadn't been published in any book, obviously, mm-hmm. or shared publicly, but they were in there. So mm-hmm. maybe there's more after, and he'll get to them. Yeah, we don't know what what the answer. We never really got a satisfying answer to any question <laughs> from any other remote viewing. Yeah. Just more labyrinths. Yeah. <clears throat> And then they would get so excited or so confused or so whatever, they need a break. Yeah. And then would never seem to get back to where where we were going. So mm-hmm. it feels to me like they were in many layers of the... The hall of mirrors. Hall of mirrors. To get stuck somewhere and you get they, stuck there. They'd get to where it was just, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing. And they were so excited. And that would stop them and they yeah, would leave. Excitement break. <laughs> yeah. And they'd have to go have a coffee or eight martinis and get their brain back together. Yeah. So the moon is interesting in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, The experience that I had, uh, I went through several layers and I started learning about the layers and the Hall of Mirrors. Um, I've seen the Hall of Mirrors in other mystical work, but not to such a large construct of one. I thought that one was amazing. So many layers of it. Um, Eventually, I found I got to what I felt. It felt... Like I was in a physical place mm-hmm. on the moon. And when I got there, there was a person behind a desk. Mm-hmm. And it was an alien person. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her as a female. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she said, what is your business here? And I said, well, I'm remote viewing, not remote viewing, I'm distance viewing what's here. I'm interested in what's here. Do you have permission to be here? Yep. I've given myself permission to be here. And she looks at me and smiles and says, I know what you're doing, she said. But no, uh, we have claim on this place, on this particular area of the moon. We have claim on it. And you're not allowed here, so leave. And I was ejected, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, buggers, you know, it's like, dang. And I tried to get back to that location. and It was locked. It was blocked. And I said, dang it. So, okay, so she did mention location in the moon. They said they have claim on that area of the moon. So I'm just going to fly around and go somewhere else. And I did. And I flew around and I got somewhere else. And there was an entryway that was a kind of abandoned. So I went in there and I flew in. 
because when you're astral traveling or, or viewing remotely, you can, or viewing, I, I don't want to use the word remote viewing because it's a method, right? Right, but we can just use it as, yeah. it can mean it's whatever easier. you decide it's going to mean. Remote viewing means what we think it means, which yeah. is looking. we're looking from... Perception from a distance. Distance perception. Yeah. Remote viewing, So I was moving it through, my viewpoint was moving through, mm-hmm. and then I went in and it was, the moon was a giant ship. Mm-hmm. Giant, huge ship. And a lot of the areas, I mean, some of those rooms were as big as a whole town on Earth. Yeah. And some of those rooms were occupied, but a lot were empty. That was like, it was an ancient, ancient ship. And I started flying. I mean, it it took me forever to go different locations, and most of it was abandoned, which to me was interesting. And then I tapped into the material that the ship was made out of, and it was really ancient, ancient technology. And I tried to trace back the people who had built it. The, and they went so far back into the past that, and then they kind of vanished. I, I, it's hard to explain because it's not exactly a vanishment, mm-hmm. but it's more like they became all, you know, or they, they had presented a physical expression and then removed themselves from it. Something like that. That's more accurate. Mm. And it was like all these other humans from different planets or humanoids from different, like we might call aliens, were had grabbed different locations in this ship and they called it their own, mm-hmm. like a satellite HQs, you know, for this area of the galaxy or this area, because galaxy don't exist actually, but this area of space, you know, this area of the universe, this system, this quadrant. And um, yeah, Earth is very interesting. So a lot of people had HQs there. Uh, and that was interesting to me. And I, I kept pr- truth in it. Is this a factual reflection of what's here? And I would get a lot of yes, but some of the places I went to and some of the people I saw, I would get a maybe and I would get not quite accurate. So, and, and then I kind of went to do other things. I started working on other things and I, I dropped it, right? Mm-hmm. But anybody who is interested should do something like that. And when I looked at what Ingo was seeing, it felt to me that he many, many times and many of the recalls he had, on many of the remote viewings, he got stuck in the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah, well, first place he ended up at a desk with a woman at it, same as you. Yeah. And she asked, so you have permission to be here? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't same it? Same thing, yeah. yeah. And um, they did remember, say, that there were 20 thinkers or something like that who were four or 500-year-olders who not only could sense, but they could project. And there were hundreds of thinkers or whatever who could sense somebody when they would come. Do you remember? Were they the sleepers? The ones they were, that were sleeping, sleeping, yeah, but there were other yeah. ones that were awake while okay. those ones were asleep. But I think, they yeah. would be awake sensing if someone was there, traveling yeah. astrally or whatever. Yeah. And then there were 20 very stronger, stronger, well, more trained or older or whatever, individuals who could project Stuff. Stuff into the it people who be. came. Yeah, I think that's in the Hall of Mirrors. So that's how it's created anyways. So that right. was interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is interesting. It kind of verifies both stories. Right, totally. Yeah. And astral projection is a different thing to viewing or putting your viewpoint in another place. So astrally, I, you know, I think I may have used the word astrally traveling or whatever. Um... I haven't actually done that. Looking back, it wasn't an astral projection or it wasn't an astral journey. It was definitely a distance viewing, viewpoint moving through time and space. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, some of the layers that people have got stuck in, they're really interesting, you know, so they were fully explored. <laughs> but right. yeah, that makes sense because these layers and the the whole... Um, Hall of Mirrors is, it's very much a, a psychic construct. Right. 
So that was interesting that he saw it that way and could report report yeah. it that way. And he wanted to meet one of the projectors yeah. because he thought one of the projectors might be one of the, that guy who uh, kicked him off the first time. Oh, yeah. Right. And remember they said, yes, we found that guy, but he's on the other side of the moon, so you need to wait. <laughs> and he waited and waited and waited. He waited and waited and waited for him Which to Which is like a that. projection, too. You wasted <clears> time, right? Right. And remember where he traveled, it looked like everything was abandoned for the most part. There was lots of abandoned places. Mm-hmm. And he also obviously found a small version of a ship. A ship to explore. Mm-hmm. A ship that was very interesting to explore. To, yeah, so that would be so the that's projection. an interesting parallel too, though. Yeah. Well, because you saw the moon as the ship. He saw a little ship on the moon. Right, but right. But basically it's still ship construct. Yeah, I don't think that would relate, though. Hmm. He was still projecting the moon as a satellite, natural satellite. I don't know I that he think... ever did or said that. No. I don't remember reading that. No, but he did not say it. He didn't he did say, say it wasn't. That it was a military base yeah, that they were they're using bases. for yeah. their migration, mm. 30,000 year migration, something like that. Yeah. Interesting stories. But they didn't feel accurate to me. The migrations, the damas or namas or whatever. No, none of those felt accurate to me. They all felt like projections, like layers of the mirror, full of mirrors. That the that people would be using the moon as a mm, migration thing. migration base, yeah. a place to collect supplies. Yeah, didn't feel right. That was a good story, though. Yeah. What do you think the moon is then? <clears throat> I think, like I said, it's a giant ship. Whose ship? I just told you that we talked about it for five minutes. Who's who? So just say it again. Whose ship? You don't remember. No. <laughs> You're kidding, right? No. No? You don't remember? I don't know whose ship. You never told me whose ship. I did. Tell me again, then. <laughs> we'll rewind and see if you said that. Oh, my gosh. Whose ship is it? So, the ship was constructed. Yes. Do you remember that? By? No. A race? No. That? No. The best description? No, would don't remember be it. That they projected a physicality. I remember that. And then they took, they removed themselves from that physicality, not completely, but no longer perceivable by us. Right. I remember right. that. Yeah, that's who they are. Oh, that's but it doesn't it. have a name. That's a. That's, that's a, who like, built it. A race of beings who. Why did they bring it where it is? Well, that's part of the exploration, right? Because the Earth was interesting. It's part of that larger, yeah, larger experience. So a group of beings who were physical and who aren't there and using it physically anymore brought it there and abandoned. Well, didn't you? I don't anymore. think it's They're abandoned. It. I don't think it's abandoned or done with it. I think, think that's an They're still using it. Projection. They're still There's, using it. The ones that aren't so physical anymore. So if you have, let's say, you have some an aquarium. Have you ever had an aquarium? couple times. Yeah. Uh, did you buy anything for the aquarium so that the fish would kind of come in and look? Mm-hmm. And play in? Mm-hmm. Lots of times. Yeah. It's a little bit like that, but also a place from which they can look themselves and see what's happening here without being present. So it's something like a... focus point from a being who's no longer physical and then etherical wherever that they exist or existing in this is a way to tap into the physical place and time and space that's close like a a camera like a waypoint yeah more like a camera like a camera to tap into yeah camera to get a feed yeah get a feed and keep an eye on things make sure that it goes the way they're projecting or they wanted. So why do you think all of the giant, well, like China and India and US and Russia and whatever, all of them are in a race to go back to the moon all of a sudden? Or they, go they, to the can't, moon. they can't go back because they never went there. Well, why are they all going to the moon at the same time and going to Mars at the same time now? Why is everybody all of a sudden, we've got to go to the moon, got to set up a base? 
They don't. They they can't. They they haven't been there. They get Why ejected. are they talking about it? Right now? Yeah. I don't know. I have to look at it because I didn't know they were talking about it. Oh, yeah. They all want to go back to the moon. Mm. And some of them want to skip the moon and just go to Mars. Okay. And some of the people I listen to say, they just say they're going to the moon for a while. And then when you get tired of hearing about the moon, they say they're going to go to Mars for a while. And they talk about that for a while. And when you get I'm tired like of a, that, then they go back to the moon for a while yeah. to like distract you from it, the fact that a, they didn't go anywhere. Right. That's what they do. Yeah, that feels accurate to me. Oh. It's a job of distraction. How about the Chinese satellite taking pictures of the American car? Just a minute. Think about it for a minute, guys. Can't go to the moon. Can't take people to the moon. But in 1967, we could bring our car to the moon and drive around. <laughs> Are we, an electric car, no less, which, you know, now we have Teslas, but, you know, come on. <laughs> what do we do? We're like, think of the weight and everything else, you know, and the size of the rockets and things like that. It's just... All you can do to take a grapefruit up into low Earth orbit, and now we're going to go to the moon with a car. And don't forget. And come back. Yeah. It's and ridiculous. drive around. Right, right. I mean, come on. Yeah. It does stretch it a little bit, right? It is. It's it feels a little stretched. bit like the 9 11 story. It's yes. Got, come on, guys. It's stretching a little bit. Yes. Or the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, or the, you know, Gulf of Tonkin shooting up their ship thing. It might have been <laughs> ourselves shooting at nothing. We don't know, but. At the time, it seemed serious, so that's why we had to have a war. Yeah. It feels like it might be some made-up stuff happening. Yes. But it's a good idea to take your car to the moon and drive around. Mm. I mean... <laughs> that's going to get you distracted for decades, right? <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what do you think about that? The um, Chinese satellite, I think, taking pictures of the American truck on the moon. Or car or whatever it is. I don't know. I didn't ever heard of this before. What, what are you talking about? Can you well, explain? Well, I think it was, uh, if you look at the NASA stuff or any of the, the moon stuff, I think it was the Chinese sent a probe to the moon to circle it, take pictures, and they sent back pictures of the um, landing sites that were there by mm -hmm. the U.S., you know. Mm -hmm. Did I ever hear about any of that? Never heard of it, no. All right, well, I guess I can look it up again. Yeah. I'll just show you. Okay. You can talk about it maybe in the second hour. Yeah. What's really going on with this moon stuff and cars <laughs> on the moon and rockets to the moon and all the countries going to the moon yeah. and making up these stories and narratives about, like yesterday, I was um, taking a drum off of Morgan's boat, right? Uh-huh. And um, we were sitting there waiting 15 minutes for the crane operator to show up, and the fellow that works at the dock was looking at his phone and listening to the, I'm pretty sure it was CNN or something. Mm -hmm. And it was being quite dramatic. And he says, what do you think about all this? And I say, oh, what? All this uh, Ukraine war. It's like, oh, all the Ukraine war. Well, what are they telling you? What are you hearing? And he went and told me for a little while. And I said, <clears throat> I said, it kind of reminds me of all the coronavirus thing. I, honestly, it's like, depending on who you listen to, you get a whole different story. And whatever story is interesting, really interesting to you, is the one that you are engaged in. Mm -hmm. But the net result is you are separated from the other story. Mm -hmm. It's like like right now, for example, I think RT is, um, what's the word? Here we can't get it. We can't get to it. It's mm -hmm. like the band or something or censored or turned off or DDS attacks. It doesn't work. What's RT? Russian television. Oh. <laughs> Remember, we, like a few months ago or years ago, I was like, honey, what happened? This world is weird because, look, RT is saying the truth for some reason and CNN is saying bullshit lie. I mean, it's obvious that <laughs> RT one to, is right. Yeah, and it's supposed to be the other way around. It's supposed to be the other way around, right? <laughs> it's like, why is it world flip-flopped? I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> I didn't. I thought our Russians were um, liars and all that. But look, RT's telling the truth about this, and CNN is lying. Of course, when I say that they're telling the truth about it, it was to me the more interesting narrative. Right. Exactly. The one that's like you read on. Uh, so now you can hear it. False news. No. Yeah. It's just. It's just. It's like um, off. Oh, it's been off blocked. air, banned, blocked. So yeah. like Russian oil, and Russians yeah. can't buy. 
gold and silver and Russians can't use money and they can't go swift and whatever, you know, the whole mm -hmm. story. Well, I said, if you were watching, because I saw a screenshot of what the Russian TV homepage looked like right at that moment. Mm -hmm. And it was such a different narrative, right? It mm -hmm. is an incompatible narrative with the one that CNN and all of them were saying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely incompatible. They're completely and utterly opposite. Wow. But one of them is really interesting to a nationalist, uh, patriotic American, whatever. And one of them is um, obviously clearly supportive of the other nationalistic Russian, whatever. Yeah. And both of them, and both sides, the other side's right. Yeah. And on both sides, they're completely engaged with a large group of people. But those two groups of people are separate and unable to tap into the other source. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mainstreamly. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's you can, your awareness, if you right? know how, yeah. you can find both narratives. Right. And when you look at both narratives, you see they're saying the opposite thing about the same thing. Yeah. Very engaging for either side. But they're both separating creating, both sides. They're, yeah. They're creating... They're creating a separation. A separation. Right. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean one's right and or the other's right. They're both creating the same thing. It's yes. a separation of people. Exactly. Yeah. Us against them. Yes. Not by doing good things to each other mm -hmm. either. No. But not necessarily actually factually um, fighting each other. Right. <laughs> Maybe working together to create the same separation. Yeah. <clears throat> Plus, so, who fights each other is the plebs, right? The right. working classes or the middle classes. They're the ones that fight each other. And how and do you kill get, each other? How do you get somebody? The bosses never do. How the do you bosses are, never. You know. How do you get somebody from here, way out Utah, to jump on a plane and fly twelve hours and go shoot somebody? Exactly. It takes a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, by the end of our little chat, he was looking at his phone and he shut it off and stopped listening and said, <laughs> "Well, who's telling them what to do?" That's what I want to know. <laughs> who's telling Biden what to do and who's telling Putin what to do? I said, yeah. Exactly. That's an interesting question. And yeah, that's an interesting question. That's a question we'd like to hear the answer to. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you would end up with a name of somebody who you have no way of, I mean, mm -hmm. finding anything on because they're not going to be obvious, right? I have another interesting question. All right. Who's telling our audience or how frequency awakened audience what to do? And are they doing it? Well, Gaia is, and they better be. <laughs> Shall we do a card to see what Gaia is telling us to do? Okay. All right. I think that's a good plan. Okay. Oh, look, I have my cards right here. Yay! Grab the cards. Here's the cards. Do you want to do it, honey? Oh, I'd like you to do it. Okay. I'm going to shuffle the cards. Okay. Make sure that our things are on. Yeah, Thanks. I... It's on. How about yours? <laughs> oh no, you're yep, going to knock on. people's ears. Well, a little tap tap to wake them up. <laughs> you think they fell asleep? No, we're way too interesting. Oh, okay. All right, we're going to ask, what was the question again? Who's Who is telling the high frequency, our high frequency audience what uh -huh. to do and are they doing it? I thought you said Gaia was. I did say Gaia was and they better be. Okay, so do you think Gaia is going to tell us what to do? <laughs> are we asking Gaia what shall we do <coughs> we go from from here's guidance to just do the, this yeah just do this just so do give it. us a just do this card just do this man just just do this for a little just do this just do this Gaia. you're the high frequency collective on the Gaia creating the high frequency paradigm on the Gaia so just do this just do this this is what we're asking Gaia okay. let's just do this let's do this I'm shuffling okay I got it you gotta just do this I gotta just do this <laughs> it's brilliant. I love this card. The Keeper of Booms. Oh, yeah. I like that card too. Yeah. Oh no, where's your glasses? Where's your glasses? Because they look much funnier on me. Yeah, I don't know. Hold on. That's okay. I think I can probably read it without it. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, let's do it. I'll just hold it over here. The Keeper of Booms. When you look at this card, what do you see, honey? Describe it for the guys and the girls okay. who are listening. The High Frequency Collective. I see a High Frequency card. And I see somebody, a man, in this case, who is happy, able, capable, has mystical tools, has good allies, good counsel, guidance. It's in a 
and he's in a cave, it looks like, or inside a tree, maybe. And the inside this tree is full of light and beautiful crystals. Okay, well, the Keeper of Boons. <sighs> well, the Keeper of Challenges, he wants you to solve your own problem. The Keeper of Boons will solve it with you. Good allies. Or likely, or more likely, for you. <laughs> this wizard's magical energy is protective, gathering, sheltering. He will rescue you from the scary forest, feed you, tuck you in, kiss you goodnight, and see you on your way in the morning, all calmly and with a sense of humor. He's also a master of crystal lore and all manner of earthly treasures. He puts those to good use, making magical tools and jewels attuned to the user's needs. Mm. Wow. Seek him out when you need some fatherly support. So what is Gaia saying? Aww. Clearly. <laughs> what? Gaia is also your father. Yes. Or your mother. Because we yeah. think of Mother Gaia, Mother Mother Earth, but yeah. it's Father Earth too. It's Father Earth too, yeah. and Father Earth is full of these magical crystal and mineral treasures that you can have and find specially attuned to your particular needs. Yes. So Gaia is saying, "Go out. You're supported. Mm -hmm. Find your uh, material, mineral, crystal, something on the ground. Connect with Gaia. Go out there, get it." And that thing will be tuned to your particular need in this time. Mm. Do that. All right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so the dark side have been told to go to war. And we're told to go, go crystal around crystal hunting. <laughs> crystal hunting in the dirt. <laughs> crystal or mineral. <clears throat> and everything's and fine. Use you it to make a magical you, tool Everything's or tool fine. We're taken care needs. of. and yeah. You're perfectly fine. Yeah. Tucked in. Protected, sheltered, fed, tucked in, kissed goodnight, and fed breakfast in the morning. Yes. Calmly. Yeah. You have all the support you need. Yeah. Go out, go find a crystal in the dirt. You're good. Make a magical tool. It'll be attuned <laughs> to your particular needs. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> 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 you feel complete. Yeah, me too. Let's go hunting for <laughs> some crystals. <laughs> some crystals, honey. All right. Love okay, you, darling. Love you.